0: chapter 64 of the maid of scar this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the maid of scar by r d blackmore chapter 64 susan quite acquits herself it really does seem as wise a plan as any i am acquainted with to let this good woman act according to the constitution of her sex that is to say to say her say and never be contradicted we contradicted her once or twice to reconcile her to herself but all that came of it was to make her contradict perhaps herself but certainly us ten times as much she did her best to explain her meaning and we really ought to enter more into their disabilities therefore let her tell her story as nearly in her own words poor thing as my sense of the english language can in any style agree with i was nurse at narnton court ever so many years ago when my name was susan moggeridge charlie you cannot deny it you know and all of us must be content to grow old it is foolish to look at things otherwise twelve and six that makes eighteen now captain wells you know it do and charlie can you say otherwise then it must have been eighteen years gone when i was took on for under nurse because the princess was expecting the same as the butler told me and it came to pass on a sunday night with two miles away from the doctor orders had been given but they foreigners always do belie them too soon always or too late and these two little dears was too soon by reason of the wonderful child the eldest one was prepared for a maid she was and the other a boy two real beauties both of them as fair as could be with little clear dots under their skin in corner places because of their mother the princess but nothing as any one would observe except for a beauty to both of them the boy was the biggest though the girl came first and first was her nature in everything except of course in fatness and by reason of always dancing not six months old was that child before she could dance on the kitchen table with only one hand to hold her up and a pleasure it was to look at her and laugh with her little funny face and nod her head she would as if she saw to the bottom of everything and when she was scarce turned the twelvemonth she could run like oh just like anything and roll over and over on the grass with her pomerolianian dog as she called him and there wasn't a word in the language as ever come amiss to her but for the r's or the y's in it words such as i could lay no tongue to she would take and pronounce right off and then laugh at herself and everybody and the way she used to put her hands out laying down the law to all of us we didn't want a showman in the house so long as we had miss bertha or bardie as she called herself though christened after her mother everybody the poor little mite she expected everybody to know her name and all about her and nothing put her in such a passion as to pretend not to know who she was eyes Barty, she used to cry out with her little hands spread and her bright eyes flashing eyes Barty, i tell her, and evelie body knows it oh yes and she never could say the but niss and nat for this and that and how angry she used to be to be sure if anybody mocked her as we used to do for the fun of it but even there she was up to us for she began to talk french for revenge upon us having taken the trick from her mother likewise the boy was a different child altogether in many ways he scarcely could learn to speak at all because he was a very fine child indeed and quiet and fat and easy he would lie by four hours on a velvet cushion and watch his little sister having her perpetual round of play dolls and horses and noah's arks and all the things that were alive to her and she talking to them whiles the hour he took no more notice than just to stroke them and say boo boo or poor poor which was nearly all that he could say not that he was to blame of course nor would any one having sense think of it especially after he took the pink fever and it struck to his head and they cut his hair off beautiful curls as was ever seen and some of them in my drawer upstairs now with the colour of gold streaking over them philip his name was of course from sir philip and being the heir to the title but his clever sister she always called him little brother as if he was just born almost when he weighed pretty nearly two of her sir philip the good old gentleman was away in foreign parts they said or commanding some of the colonies up to the time when these two twins were close upon two years old or so i remember quite well when he came home with his luggage marked general Bamfield," and we said it was disrespectful of the government to call him so when his true name was sir philip he had never seen his grandchildren till now and what a fuss he made with them but they had scarcely time to know him before they were sadly murdered or worse perhaps for all that any one knows to the contrary because sir philip's younger son Campton, drake bampfylde came from the seas and america just at this time no one expected him of course from among such distant places and he had not been home for three years at least and how noble he did look until we saw how his shirts were cobbled and every one all about the place said that his little finger was worth the whole of the squire's body because the squire his elder brother and the heir of sir philip was of a nature not to say but i cannot make it clear to you no one could say a word against him only he were not what you may call it not as we devonshire people are not with a smile and kind look of the eye the same as captain drake was this poor captain drake poor or bad i scarce know which to put it after all i have heard of him anyhow his mind was set upon a little chit of a thing not more than fifteen at this time her name was isabel carey and her father had been a nobleman and when he departed this life he ordered her off to Norton court so she did at an early age and being so beautiful as some thought she was desperate with the captain they used to go walking all up in the woods or down on the river in a boat until it was too bad of them the captain i dare say meant no harm and perhaps he did none but still there are sure to be talkative people who want to give their opinions if charlie had carried on so with me whatever should i have thought of myself well there was everybody saying very fine things to everybody gay doings likewise and great feasts and singing and dancing and all the rest and the captain hired a pleasure-boat by name the wild duck of appledore and i never shall forget the day when he took a whole pack of us for a sail out over barnstaple bar and back i was forced to go because he needs must take the children and several even old people were sick but no one a quarter so bad as me and it came into my mind in that state that he was longing as well as welcome to cast us all into the raging sea however the lord preserved us this little ship had one mast as they call it and he kept her generally in a little bend just above the salmon weir so as to see the bend draw the pool and himself to shoot the wild fowl from a covered place there is and by reason of being so long at sea he could not sleep comfortable at the court but must needs make his bed in this pleasuring ship and to it he used to go to and fro in a little white boat as belonged to it all this time the weather was so hot we could scarcely bear our clothes on and were ready to envy them scandalous savages belonging to the famous parson chowne who went about with no clothes on there was one of these known to be down on the burrows a bathing of his wife and family if a decent woman may name them so while the whole of these gay goings-on to celebrate the return of sir philip and of captain drake and all that they owed to the lord for his goodness was to finish up with a great dinner to all the tenants on the property and then on the children's birthday a feasting of all the gentry around and a dance with all sorts of outlandish dresses and masks on in the evening for the fashion of this was come down from london and there had been a party of this sort over to lord bassett's and the neighbourhood was wild with it and after this everything was to be quiet because my lady the princess bertha was again beginning to expect almost and now captain wells you would hardly believe what a blow there was sent by the will of the lord upon all of this riot and revelry there was many of us having pious disposals as well as religious bringings up whose stomachs really was turned by the worldliness as was around us young ladies of the very best families instead of turning their minds to the lord turning of themselves about with young men laying hold of them as if there was nothing more to be said than kiss me quick and i'll do it again but there was a judgment coming they might lay the blame on me if they like there is folk as knows better that very night it was so hot with the sun coming up from the river that even the great hall the dance was to be in was only fit to lie down in so that captain drake in his man-of-war voice shouted and i think i can hear him now ladies and gentlemen i propose that we have our dance out on the terrace this was the open made-up flap between the house and the river and the captain's offer was caught up at directly the gentlefolk seen the moon here they were going on ever so long and the more of twirling round they had and of making heel and toe and crossing arms and even frontresses the more they seemed to like it also the music up and down almost as bad as they was so that what with the harlequin dresses and masquerading and mummeries scarcely any one could have the head to be sure of any one else almost i could not help looking at them although my place was to heed the children only and keep them out of mischief and take them to bed at the proper time but captain drake who was here there and elsewhere making himself agreeable up he comes to me with a bottle and he says mary have some my name is not mary but susan sir and much at your service i answered so that he poured me a great glassful and said that it was sam something i was not so rude as to give him denial but made him a curtsy and drank it for it was not so strong as my father's cider no nor so good to my liking and for any to say that it got in my head shows a very spiteful woman the captain went on to the other maids as were looking on for the life of them all being out of doors you must mind and longing to have their turn at it but i held myself above them always and went back to my children these were in a little bower made up for the occasion with boughs of trees and twisted wood and moss from the forest to lie upon master philip was tired and heavy and working his eyes with the backs of his hands and yawning and falling away almost but that little bertha was as wide awake as a lark on her nest in the morning everywhere she was looking about for somebody to encourage her to have more play as she always called for and more play continually that child was so full of life it was more play all day long with her and even now in the fiery heat and thorough down-thirst of the weather nothing was further from her mind than to go to bed without a gamble for it she had nothing on but her little shift or under frock, i should call it made by myself when the hot weather came from a new jemmy set of the princess and cut out by my lady to fit her for the sake of the coolness her grand white upper frock trimmed with lace had been taken off by her papa i believe when the visitors would have her dance on the table and make speeches to them the poor little soul was so quick and so hot well i do declare to you captain wells and charlie polly likewise which will believe me though the men may not it was not more than a minute or so much perhaps i should say not half a minute as i happened to turn round to pass a compliment with the young man as seemed struck with me the sunday before in church-time a sailor he were and had come with the captain and was his mate of the pleasure-boat a right-down handsome young man he was no call for you to be jealous charlie beneath the salt waves he do lie Well, i turned back my head in about five seconds and both of the babes was gone out of my sight at first i were not frightened much i took it for one of miss bertha's tricks to make off with her little brother so strong she was on her legs though light that many a time she would lift him up by his middle and carry him half round the room and then both of them break out laughing i'll whip you you see if i don't i cried as i ran round the corner to seek for them though whip them i never did poor dears any more than their own mother did i ran all about for five minutes at least around and among the branches stuck in to make the bower and every moment i made up my mind for miss bardie to pop out on me but pop out she never did nor will until the day of judgment when i began to see something more than an innocent baby trick in it and to think i dare say of these two babies value with all the land they were born to the first thing i did was to call out jack such being all sailors names of course but jack was gone out of all hearing and most folks said it was jack that took them to the contrary i could swear but who would listen to me when the lie went out that i was quite tipsy of the rest i cannot speak clearly because my heart flew right up into my brain directly moment the people came round shouting at me for the children and of these the very worst was parson Chown. if it had been his own only children such as he says he is too good to have he scarcely could have been more rampagious not to use worse words of him the first thing that every one ran to of course was the parapatch and the river and a great cry was made for captain drake Bampfylde from his knowledge of the waterways but though all the evening foremost in conducting everything now there was no sign to be had of him or of who had seen him last and it must have been an hour ere ever he come and then of course it was too late i was so beside myself all that night that i cannot tell how the time went by i remember looking over the parapetch at a place where the water is always deep and seeing the fishermen from the salmon weir dragging their nets for the poor mites of bodies and my blood seemed to curdle inside me almost every time they came out with a stone or a log nothing was found from that night to this day and nothing will ever be found of it i was discharged and a great many others not the first time in this world i believe when the bottom of the hole was witchcraft here charlie put something hot in my glass the evenings are getting so dark and i never can see the moon and the water like that and the trees without remembering now ask me no more if you please good people when mrs shapland had finished this tale and was taking some well-earned refreshment polly and i looked at one another as much as to say that settles it nor did we press her with any more questions until her mind had recovered its tone by frying some slices of ham cut thin and half a dozen new-laid eggs for us then i approached her with no small praise which she deserved and appeared so far as i could judge to desire perhaps and with a little skill on my part she was soon warmed up again having tasted egg-flip to be sure of it yes captain wells you can see through the whole of it sailors can understand a river when nobody else knows anything the captain came forward as soon as he could and he says you fools what are you about an hour ago the tide was running five knots an hour where you be dragging if the poor children fell over they must be down river bar by this time and off he set out on a galloping horse to scurry the sand-hills somehow and scurry was now the whole of it sir philip came forth and that poor squire philip and a thousand pounds was as freely talked of as if it was halfpence and every one was to be put in prison especially me if you please as blameless as the unborn babe was and that very night the princess were taken and died the next day upsetting everything ever so much worse than ever for poor squire philip fell into a trance so to say out of sheer vexation he cried out that the hand of the lord was upon him and too heavy for him to bear particular from his own brother and after that not an inch would he budge to make inquiry or anything but shut himself up in his dead wife's rooms and there he have moped from that day to this in a living grave as you may call it in reply to my question what reasons the squire or any one else might have for charging the captain with so vile a deed this excellent woman set them forth pretty much to the following purport first it was the captain himself who proposed the dancing on the terrace second it was his own man who drew her attention away from the children after a goblet of wine had been administered by the master third it was his own boat which was missing and never heard of afterwards Fourth, the captain himself disappeared from the party at the very time that the children were stolen and refused to say whither or why he was gone that active and shrewd man parson chowne no sooner heard of the loss than he raised a cry for the captain all over the terrace to come and command the fishermen and though as a friend of the family chowne would never express an opinion he could not undo that sad shake of the head which he gave when no captain could be found fifth a man with a captain's hat was seen burying two small bodies that night in the depth of Bronton wilderness though nothing was heard of it till the next week through the savageness of the witness and by that time the fierce storm on the sunday had changed the whole face of the burrows, so that to find the spot was impossible sixth it was now recalled to mind that drake had killed a poor schoolfellow in his young days for which the lord had most righteously sent a shark in pursuit of him it was likely enough that he would go on killing children upon occasion seventh reason and perhaps worth all the rest only think what a motive he had for it no one else could gain sixpence by it drake bamfield would gain everything the succession to the title and estates and immediate right to aspire to the hand of the beautiful heiress miss carey who was known to favour him an elderly woman who had been in the workhouse and throve upon that experience said that the captain would never have done it for he might have to do the like thing again every time the poor princess should happen to be confined almost but who could listen to this poor creature while the result lay there before them thus the common people reason but our susan attached no weight to any except the last argument as for one she knew quite well that the young seaman sauntered there quite by chance and quite by chance she spoke to him and as for wine she could take a quart of her father's cider and feel it less than she could describe to any one and as for a rummer of that stuff she had it was quite below contempt to her and concerning the captain just being away and declining to say where he was like a gentleman none but ignorant folk could pretend not to know what that meant of course he was gone between the dances for a little cool walk in the fir-woods together with his isabel and to expose her name to the public with their nasty way of regarding things was utterly out of the question to a real british officer and to finish it mrs chaplin said that she was almost what you might call a young woman even now at any rate with ten times the sense of any of the young ones were up to and ten years of her life she would give if charlie would allow of her to know what became of them two little dears and to punish the villain that wronged them hereupon my warmth of heart got the better of my prudence my wise and pure intention was to get out of this good woman all i could but in part to her nothing more than was needful just to keep her talking experience shows us that this need be very little indeed if anything in a female dialogue but now i was brought to such a pitch of tenderness by this time with my heart in a rapid pulse of descriptions and the egg-flip going round sturdily also polly looking at me in a most beseeching way that i could not keep my own counsel even but was compelled to increase their comfort by declaring everything chapter sixty four